0: Welcome to No Nonsense, the Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, and we are, in the NFL world, very nearly at the franchise tag deadline. That comes up on Thursday, right, the 12th? And so uh, we're actually recording this episode a little bit in advance. I'm taking a, uh, a trip to New York in a week, and so we'll not be able to record next week. And so in order so that you're listening to this and you're not getting old news and you know things have happened to where this episode is obsolete, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about free agents that we think the Titans should go after, whether it's through tag-and-trade or through a free agent signing. Regardless of what has or has not happened by the time you're listening to right now, all of that will still be true and will still be our opinion. What we're going to do first, though, is we're going to say, if the Titans were to tag this player, we're going to go through the gamut, you know, Henry, Tannehill, and, and Conklin, If they were to tag that player, what would our reaction be? And so that way, again, if you're listening right now, maybe they haven't made a move yet, maybe they have, you're still getting our opinion at the time of you listening. So don't click off just because this is an old episode because everything that we're going to give you will still be current to how we feel a week from now, right? And, and so, yeah, and, and so as always, you can follow the show on social media at No Nonsense Pod, both Twitter and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use to listen to get easier and faster access to all of our new episodes. And if you're listening on iTunes, we'd love if you leave us a rating and review. Let's get into it, guys. The franchise tag. Um, before we get into what would your reaction be? Just sort of generally point blank, if you had to choose between and don't give me your strategy, because we can talk about that in a second, but just the name. Conklin, Henry, Tannehill, who do you tag?
1: Assuming we're not trading this person and we're just tagging them to play for us for one year. Um I'd say probably Henry. I mean, it's the lowest it's the lowest cost, but I mean get given the positional value, it's probably a little too much. But he's probably going to get more than $12 million per year anyway. So I, I think Henry would be the guy if if we were to tag someone just so that we have Tannehill and Conklin on long-term deals.
2: Uh, I would uh, tag Conklin, which sounds weird, but it's just the price difference. I mean, if you can get him, like assuming we can get the person to play under that tag, it, the you would save... Like $7 million to just tag Conklin based off what his market value is. So I would do that because of how easy it is to get running backs and how easy it looks like it's going to be to get another quarterback if you let Tannehill test the market.
0: Yeah, I think you'd probably do it to Henry. That's my answer because I think you would want to lock up the other two with long term extensions. Uh, so let's go through each of them and talk about the, the different scenarios. Let's start with the quarterback Ryan Tannehill. That's the answer that none of us gave as to who they should franchise tag. If they do tag Tannehill, Will and Matias, what does that mean, and what would your reaction be? I'm not sure what it means.
1: Uh, what it mean, I'm not sure if it would mean that they're they're not sold on him. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't like it. I, I, what's the tag number for a quarterback? Like 27 million,
0: right? 27 million. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's just not worth it. You might as well just sign him to a long-term deal, at least for like three years at the same amount of money, because that's pretty much what he's going to make. He's going to make close to $30 million. Um, So it just wouldn't make sense to me to have him just for this one year, unless they're really not sold on him, which I I feel like they are. I, I think they are.
2: Uh, uh, to me, it would mean that they're just not comfortable with any of the contracts that they were talking to with anybody else. I, I would personally tag Conklin, like I said earlier, but I, it, I think the most likely tag is going to be Tannehill. And that we y'all talked about Henry and the aspects of that, and we can talk more about that in a second. But to tag Tannehill, it's basically saying we know you were great in our offense last year, historically great, uh, you know, in, in that thirteen game stretch but we need to see one more year before we give you a mega contract. And if you give him the franchise tag, you're saying goodbye to any future savings you could have by getting the deal done now. So they're saying that if we tag Tannehill, he's one year away from being the guy that we're not afraid to give a really big deal to. So that, that's, that's mm. what I think that would mean. That does
1: make sense when you pose it that way. Yeah, it's it's
2: almost like a, an inversion of the Conklin fifth year option where they they rolled the dice and they said you know if you're as good right, as we think it, are, it was a prove it year yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be a prove it year but it'll be a prove it year for a quarterback which is super expensive right
0: yeah and that's why I think you want to lock up Tannehill for an extension Tannehill wants to sign an extension because. Under an extension, he'd be making more than the franchise tag. He'd have, obviously, more guaranteed money. He'd be making more this year, and and he'd get more security. So I don't see why, if there's an offer on the table, the Tannehill camp wouldn't be kind of jumping all over to get it if it's in the range of $28, $29, $30 million. So that's number one. And number two is, from the Titans' point of view, if they don't re-sign Tannehill and instead merely give him the tag, then, your best case scenario ends with paying him a lot more money than you would have in the first place, because obviously what they would want to happen is he plays well again this year, and that would only drive his value up. So, I, like we have talked yeah. about several times, you know, the the mean for Tannehill is not disaster; it's pretty good quarterback, and so you lock him up. Best case scenario, he's really really good, like he was last year. Worst case scenario, you're still win games with him because he's not that bad at his worst.
1: Yeah, and is it the salary cap gonna go up next year? For that? Every year. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. man, we might be looking at a thirty million plus contract next year if we if we do give him the tag this year and he does play well. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely a tough situation. I mean, but I, I think don't know. that's
2: that's optimistic. Like. I would imagine Mahomes gets some sort of mega deal. And between now and then, you got to assume Dak's going to get a new deal. Lamar will be eligible after next season. Like, if you time it wrong, there could be five major quarterback contracts. And if you're going to pay him the sixth highest, you may end up paying $40 million a year for him. So, I mean... Yeah, that, so that, long term think, deal now. <laughs> yeah, like get a long term deal with some flexibility on the back end is I think that's the best strategy, but we'll see.
1: Although this this all might go out the window if these Tom Brady reports are true.
0: What? Tom Brady reports?
2: I'm not I'm not sure I know who that is. Tom Brady, I don't know him either. <laughs> so some I think I think he retired three years ago.
0: Um, let's move on to Conklin, the answer that you gave, Will. Uh, what would it mean, and, and what's your reaction if they give Conklin the
2: tag? Uh, I'll go ahead and start since I have voted for it. I think it means that you understand the value of an offensive tackle. Uh, we talked last episode about how you want to have that leverage in contract talks where you can say, you know, we'll just play you on the tag. We'll play uh, – We'll pay Kelly like if you don't want to play on the tag and we'll trade you. But in terms of a contract expiring that has a ton of value in the free market that, you know, you could recoup, because I don't I don't really think you could tag and trade either of the other two, but I think you can tag and trade Conklin. So at the very least it shows that you understand what the market is for him and how rare a player that plays as well as him at that position is. So you know, the optimistic side, the side that wants to see Conklin as a Tennessee Titan for a long time says that it gives them more time to negotiate it. You know, they get to operate in good faith because they'll say, you know, we should have picked up your fifth year option. We're paying for it now. We're, we're, you know, we're giving you three or 4 million more dollars or whatever it is. And, you know, that's on us, but let, you know, we are the team that picked you. So let's build off this relationship. But like I said, the, the business side of me understands that, you know, if you can trade him for a second round pick and you tag him and he still wants a major contract and you don't think you have the cap space for it or if you think you can do something better with the cap space, at least you have the option of trading him instead of walk, letting him walk for nothing. Do you think that's what he nets, only a second round pick? You know, I don't know. Like I've I've joked about like a tonsil trade because I saw somebody on Twitter say that, and it's not not a crazy thing if we're going to buy into the whole left tackle and right tackle do the same job thing, which right. is kind of true. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the league sees it that way quite yet, but I think their opinion of right tackles is raised a lot, but you know, if you could get a top 50 pick for him, I mean, that's, that's a good pit. Like, I, I don't know well, how I mean, many players c- correct- for more than, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Lane Johnson, a right tackle
0: in terms of average annual value is the highest paid offensive lineman in the league
2: that I actually don't know that that may be true. Um, he makes eighteen million with, bucks a year. Well, the plan with Lane Johnson for as long as the Eagles have had him is he's their left tackle as soon as Peters retires. Peters just happened to play forever. like that that was the thinking when Lane Johnson got his first major deal and then to keep him. You know, to their credit, the Eagles know what they have, but, you know, I, I don't I don't know if they didn't think they could keep him if they're paying him that much. I don't know if they think they have to slide Andre Dillard to right tackle, but I don't know what the plan is there. But, you know, the league should see that. I mean, that that should be a league wide thing. I, I mean, how many times have we seen J.J. Watt rush against the right tackle? You know, Von Miller rush against the right tackle, like all you know, Chandler, like all these guys do that because that's the easiest path to success and smart defensive coordinators move those guys into a position to take advantage of the worst offensive linemen. So it it should be, it should be paid offensive tackle, not left tackle gets paid this much more than right tackle. And, and I don't, I don't know if we're there yet. Like I said, but smart GMs understand that difference.
1: I think, I think it would make a lot of sense to tag Conklin
2: because at the very
1: least, you know, it's $60 million for that tag he's probably going to make the same amount uh, per year on a normal contract or whatever contract he would get in free agency. So worst case scenario, if he plays for you under that tag, which you'd be paying him anyway on a long-term deal. Um, and it's just, you know, another one, uh, another one of those prove it deals. And then you can resign him the following year, or you can also tag and trade him, which, which would benefit you in that way. And I think you could get a decent return, Ah, uh, this wouldn't be a Clowney situation because Clowney had already said that he wasn't going to play under the tag, uh, and I don't think Conklin would do that. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I don't think he would. Um, so I think the risk and reward there with tagging him it does it, it's it would make a lot of a lot a lot of sense. Henry? No, no, no.
2: Conklin, no, right? No, I'm saying. saying oh, what about what about Henry?
0: Got
1: you. It hurts. It, it hurts to think that we would pay a running back 12.4 million dollars. But don't for you have to? Don't you have
0: I, to? No,
1: you don't have to. He's, you could let offense. him walk and get he,
0: He's the offense though. I mean, we're not talking Look, I, I am I am, you know, on the pedestal of running backs are replaceable. There are exceptions. And I think that Derrick Henry, because of his playing style and the fact that the Titans like catering to that playing style, for them he is unreplaceable. He he is the offense. If you move on from him, you've got to totally rework your philosophy. I'm I'd be
1: fine with that, man. I don't I don't know. I, I'm in a weird situation because I agree. He's the entire offense, and, and we've constructed this offense towards him, and, and it certainly worked. Um, but, I don't know, When the last few times we've made the playoffs, he's been a non-factor in both of the games we lost. And I know this past season, we made the AFC Championship because of him, uh, but, I mean, I don't know. We, we want to take that next step, don't we? And I just don't know if the, if this— Offense is the way to do that, especially given uh, What the nfl has become? I, I don't know. I just it's such a tough pill to swallow for me uh to pay a running back this much much money, especially when given Historical running back contracts. We've seen them not pan out. I mean just look at look at todd Gurley right now Look at the rams right now
2: Yeah, I mean how many exceptional players have there been who you know Todd Gurley's different. David Johnson's different. Ezekiel Elliott's different. Like, I mean, those players are huge parts of the offenses they're in, but the longevity just doesn't add up. Like, I mean, we've, we've talked about it a bunch where if you're going to keep a running back, keep them on a two- or three-year deal or a five-year deal disguised as a two- or three-year deal. Like, don't lock yourself in with a franchise tag and don't – it's it's hard because like we've talked about he is especially before AJ Brown was there he was all of the explosive plays on that offense like a couple of chunk plays to Corey Davis in 2018 but the majority was Derrick Henry and last year we saw that too but also there was half of a season where I don't think he cracked 100 yards I think the first, I think the first time he cracked, sorry, I know the first time he cracked 100 yards this season was the Kansas City game. And, you know, then he went on to have an incredibly productive back half of the season. But, I mean, you're franchise tagging a guy who, like I said, I I promise I'm not taking anything away from what he does, but if he's going to have the first half of his seasons are all going to be, well wait till December, you know, the Titans almost ran out of runway. Like if they had one more bad game early in the season, they December wouldn't have mattered. So, you know, if I'm given a franchise tag, which means I'm paying a guy top five at his position, if I'm giving a guy that kind of money, I I would like for them to be as effective as they can be for 16 games. And I, I'm just not sure that you get that from Henry. So to pay a guy like that only to have him turn around and even if he does you know, succeed beyond your wildest dreams, he leads the league in rushing again, now you've got to make a decision on a 27-year-old running back and the franchise tag changes its structure. I think you have to pay 110% of uh, the biggest contract that year. I believe that's the wording of it. But it's something to where you have to pay them significantly more money And then at that point, you're losing him anyway, so why, I mean, I guess Studge don't understand the value in the tag for him. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's tough. It is really tough, and I think that really with all three of these guys that we're talking about, the preferred avenue would be an extension with all three. Yeah. Because the franchise tag is just so I mean for lack of a better word it sucks. Yeah. For the player and the team cuz th- the team has no security and the player has no security.
1: Yeah, that's about
0: right, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's 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 good it's a good deal in that if you're a player and you know that you're not as good as what you would get on the open market and you won't live up to that incentive then you take the franchise tag and you're happy to have it. But those, I mean, it, that just hurts the team. There, there's, there's no way it works out for both parties, or at least it's very, very rare. So I, mean, the, I think the franchise tag
0: is a great placeholder. Yeah. When The problem is when teams start using it as a one-year contract
2: instead of a placeholder to get an extension done. Well, this is something that happens in uh, hockey. I don't, I don't know if it happens in baseball or soccer or anything like that, but I, I believe they have what's called arbitration, which is where uh, yeah, a player. In baseball. Okay, so it, mm-hmm. let me see if it's the same way because I don't, I don't know, but where a player will go and a player and a team will go to an independent arbitrator and they'll figure out this is what your value is and they'll agree on a deal right there. Like, is that what happens in baseball?
0: Well, in baseball, arbitration happens when a player is still under team control, when they're not eligible for free agency yet. So they can't go anywhere else, but they're also legally allowed to get their value with you know a little bit of a difference. So if I would be worth $30 million a year on the open market, but I can't go anywhere else because I haven't played for six years yet, then we go to arbitration. The judge says, "Okay, as a free agent, you'd be worth 30 million. However, you haven't, you know, ended your service time yet. You get 20 million, and that's kind of how it works. There, free agents don't go to arbitration.
2: So then, if you tagged somebody and went to arbitration, that feels like a good plan to you, right? Like, so you're like, okay, if I give you the franchise tag, what that means if you sign it is that we're going to go to arbitration, you know." this will be considered part of your service or, or whatever. And then we'll figure out a long-term deal from there. Like that I'm trying sense. to figure out a way. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out a replacement for the franchise tag. And I keep coming back to that.
1: I just, I can, we have the Derrick Henry discussion, the paying a running back discussion. Cause I feel like we really have to have it. I mean, I know he's not the prototypical running back. But he's also not like the modern day running back, so I don't, I don't know, man. This is really tough for me because I see running backs across the league: Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Carryon Johnson, Nick Chubb. Um, but none of those and, and guys he, are
0: special; they're all just good.
1: Yeah. Well, Dalvin Cook's pretty special. I don't know. He he had a monster season. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb thing. was fantastic. I'll say this.
0: Do you think uh, the Eagles, and then ultimately the Bills, regretted LaShawn McCoy having a second contract?
1: Yes.
2: Really? <laughs> they didn't get anywhere with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's... It's... It's... it's, it's... I don't know. There's no right answer to this question. I mean, what about because... the, the,
0: the. Did the Chiefs regret giving Jamal Charles an extension? Did the Vikings regret giving Adrian Peterson an extension? Did the Seahawks regret giving Marshawn Lynch an extension? The answer is no to all of those.
1: No. But yeah, I mean... the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl with Damian Williams, who was.
0: But like that's, a cast their off model. In Miami. that's not the Titans' model, that's something they're set up for. Well the, then, the Patriots the, Titan- on the year the, before the, the Jink- Titans White. also don't have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback, right? We also don't have Tom Brady, or we
1: might. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't uh, know this. This is really tough for me, man. I love Derrick Henry. I think he's the offense, like you said before. But at the same time, he's such a limited receiver, and I think um, I don't know. Like if you signed me up right now, and you told me like we will get Jonathan Taylor in the draft and we won't have to pay Derrick Henry $15 million per year, I'm saying yes without hesitation every time.
0: So you're ready to make Tannehill the centerpiece of the offense then? Yeah. I would be.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I, I wouldn't be paying that. $30 million per year if I didn't think he could be that.
0: I just think that Henry falls into the Jamal Charles, Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson category more so than mm-hmm. the – david johnson ezekiel elliott category
2: well let's think, talk about this the one time and i think we all had this discussion when it happened the one time we got to see Tannehill this year without derrick henry was the saints game where he was basically dragging deon lewis and whoever else was running dalen dawkins i guess uh to what should have been a 30 plus point performance but you know, and potentially a win, but Khalif Freeman got knocked out on an egregious hit and fumbled, and the ball was returned to the ten yard line. Like that—that's not like he threw a pass and it got tipped interception. That was the league admitted that they missed a call that I think within seven or eight minutes in the fourth quarter would have put the Titans on uh, the Saints' thirty-five yard line or something. So Look, I'm not
0: arguing that Tannehill's not good. I'm saying that they're much better with Henry
2: yeah okay i don't i don't argue against that at all but i, I would say that if you think that him being the center point the centerpiece of the offense for a year is a good idea i agree if you think that in three years the team should still be a still be built around henry as the centerpiece i don't think that will work i think i think eventually the way he runs how his body is built which is you know, Two percent body fat, the like super strong and everything, but it's just uh, f- from a physics standpoint, it is hard to be that big when you have human bones. So, like that, like that's the best way I can describe it. Like, so I, I don't, I don't think that'll be the best strategy. So, that that's the only reason I can think of using the franchise tag. Going back to kind of where we started with all this is. If you're planning on running him into the absolute ground and essentially, you know, sneakily trying to ruin his career by trying to squeeze as much toothpaste out of that tube as you can, then I guess use it. But that's a very dishonest way and a very, you know, grimy kind of way to use the franchise tag.
1: Yeah, it would be just to like run it back, you know, to try to see if this model of of offense is is sustainable just try for one more year, see if it works, and then give him a long-term deal if it does or if it doesn't,
2: let him, let him go. But Because, the, I mean, the plan shouldn't be to give Henry 400 touches next year. The plan should be to find a competent running back, too, that can take some of the workload off his plate so he's not responsible for, you know, 22, 25 rushes a game, like, that, right. that should be your strategy, is not putting more of your eggs in one basket. It should be diversifying so that if his hamstring hurts him again or if he has another bad first half of the season, that you, you haven't said Henry's enough and we'll build around that. You've said Henry is a great piece to have. He's a great weapon to have. But if we need to put in DeAndre Swift, who we got in the second round, that's fine, too. Like, that that doesn't kill us. Like, that, that's what I think this offense needs to – or offseason needs to be about for the Titans offense.
1: But if, if I'm paying my running back $50 million, I don't want him to ever come off the field. I mean, that's true. That's why, that's why Zeke is making $50 million per year. Adrian Peterson doesn't used to come off, off the
0: – Adrian Peterson came off the field for Jarrett McKinnon in his MVP
2: season. And he did it when he was like a first-round draft pick for Chester Taylor. That like, was that
1: was eight years ago.
2: Yeah, everything now, yeah. has changed. Now I sh- I should say that it is ridiculous to assume when we talked about this. I think last episode where or, no, I think this was actually a conversation we had before that podcast, which where we said if you try to build your team off of exceptions instead of off of the rule, you're going to fail. It might work a couple of times, but it won't work every time. That's a good so, point, Will. You know, if yeah. if we think that Derrick Henry is this unicorn, which he is, I do think we, he is. I will. Say yeah, that. like <laughs> what we have seen is he he is an absolute specimen, incredibly rare. Like everything he does, it, his straight line speed, ten yards past the line of scrimmage, is elite. Like not in the cheesy way to use it, but the one percent of the one percent have that. And on top of that, he's six foot three and two hundred and fifty pounds. So like that is a very special case, but. Let's say he's a half step slower next year. Is that guy going to be worth a big contract? No. Like, is that guy going to be worth his franchise tag? No. It. It's the drop off between that and other positions is so steep that it's just it, it's hard to build around and invest in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. So here, here's something else. Is it even worth having a Logan Ryan conversation with the franchise tag? No.
2: How much would that be? Too much. Like Sixteen, seventeen.
0: Yeah. I, oh my god! Absolutely not. Yeah,
2: it' like it would be so much more than he'll get per year.
0: So we're gonna take a thirty second break. When we come back, we're going to get into um, external targets for the Titans in free agency. Who are some guys that they they could go after to fill some holes? We're also going to talk a little bit about their sort of general strategy this year because I think that. What John Robinson has done in the past simply cannot happen this year, and it would not work this year. We'll explain why in 30 seconds. Okay, so let's talk about the Titans' approach to free agency. You know, in the past, John Robinson, virtually every offseason, in fact, I'm just going to say every offseason, has had his big get, right? Year one, it was DeMarco Murray through a trade. Year two, it was Logan Ryan. In year three, it was the combo of Malcolm Butler and Deion Lewis. But really, Butler was was the big hole. And then this past year, the big hole was Roger Saffold. And he, he mixed in you know, tier two and tier three guys along with that. But every year so far, there has been a big time go and get someone. I don't know that that can happen this year because of Number one, the sheer volume of free agents that they have leaving uh, this year, but also, do they have the money to go out and say, "Get a Jadeveon Clowney"? You know, w- without talking about whether you think that player would help the team, because we'll get into that in a minute. Is that even a possibility, generally speaking, for the Titans?
1: Well if they bring back Tannehill, Conklin, and Henry, no. It's 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 impossible. And I, really? I, I think it's gonna be a, a big decision if you if if you were to let one of those go. But uh, I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Clowney is probably their main target just because um as we talked about on the last pod, just edge defender is really pass rusher is really a a a big need just from like getting a Hyper talented player at that position I think it's crucial uh, Especially if we do plan On making another Super Bowl run You can't get there uh, unless you're getting Pressure on some of these fantastic Quarterbacks in the league uh, And getting a guy like Clowney uh, would, would just you know
2: solve A lot of those issues uh, I, I think the only Reason uh, Let me back up I think the way that the Titans can get that money is how they structure the contracts. If they, which they've done well in the past is they've given themselves a lot of, uh, either guaranteed money or they've manipulated the contract. So that the number seems bigger when you look at it per year. But then when you look throughout the contract, it's easy to cut people. If you need to, there's very little guaranteed money. Like Daquan Jones has $1.3 million guaranteed next year, even though he has an 8.3 million, you know, quote-unquote, year next year. So, depending on how it's structured, it gives you a lot of flexibility going forward, and you can make one of those moves. You know, did, did you want us to talk about if we think that'll help, or you want us to wait on that? Because it, that, that all kind of depends.
0: Well, you know, I, well, certainly, you know, Matias is right in that if they re-sign the big trio, you, you can't go out and get a, a big fish in free agency. But... Quite frankly, I don't know that it makes sense either way because as good as well as John Robinson is drafted, you're going to be having big contracts coming up every year. I mean, we're not far away from seeing them have to m- make a deal with Jayon Brown and and guys like that and and um, Adoree Jackson, you know. So, like, is it even smart to put stuff on the books that? and and maybe turn into the Jaguars a little bit in terms of salary cap only, not organizational structure.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Essentially, the three guys you're re-signing, they are the big fish. Like, if they yeah. were on the free agent market, like, those are, those are high-end elite players that you're going after. So it's kind of the same only thing as they've been playing for us uh, for all these years, and, you know, it makes sense for them to be those guys and for us to, to dish out that money for them uh, just because, I mean, they got us in an AFC Championship game. I, I I know I'm like saying that we shouldn't re-sign Henry for all this money, but these guys, they were part of the team that got us this close to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I, I don't know what John Robinson will do. I think he's going to try his hardest to, to re-sign these guys so that it's not needed for him um, to go out and, and replace one of these guys with another uh, potential free agent, uh, big money guy, who may end up not working out in the end.
2: Yeah, I think that's also why the Titans are so rigid in their approach with free agents, and that they, if they're going to give a guy money, they almost need to have a coach who's had contact with him before, like who's coached him or been around him and knows what kind of a worker he is outside like not on the field so well, who is that with Saffold uh it was LaFleur who wanted him before the season was over was telling uh Vrabel to watch his tape they they say that in an interview where he said um uh, well, yeah I forget if it was with LaFleur or if it was with uh Vrabel but I think it's with Vrabel where he talks about how uh, he's a perfect fit for this scheme. Like, you know, he he does this. Like, this is what we did there. Like, that that was the connection there. But, I mean, he got okay. hired to be the Packers head coach, like, late into the offseason. That makes sense.
0: But I, I, I just think, Matias, you're right. The, the, those would be the big fish. Yeah. And I think you're setting yourself up for future pains more so now than – you know, with with the previous guys they brought in um, let's let, let's ask this question if they do go out and 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 get a big fish in free agency who would be your first choice is it clowny I, I think we'll agree that edge is the biggest need that this team has right in terms of, of top tier talent right yeah yeah correct right. so would would, would clowny be your got to go get this guy because I don't I, I, – Clowney is very a eh player to me. He's really athletic. He's good against the run, but he's not a pass rusher. And what does this team need? Pass rushers.
1: I mean, ideally it would be Ngakwe, but that, that doesn't seem to be It possible. seems like he's going
0: to get franchise tagged if he hasn't already been by the time this comes out.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, in and Clowney would be the guys for me just because I, I think it's crucial to get that that elite edge defender – uh, whether you think Clowney is that or not. Um, but if we're looking at some of the other positions, I just I don't see a lot of players that I really want in this free agency class. Uh, one player I, I do want, but I think he's, he's going to be priced out of our of our backup running back range is Kenyon Drake, who was unbelievable with the Cardinals. Once he was actually given the opportunity uh, to be the starter there, for some reason the Dolphins just wouldn't commit to him. Uh, and I don't know if he would have, Performed as well with the Dolphins just because, you know, that their offense wasn't very good. Um, but he looked fantastic. He's one of the better pass catching running backs there is in, in the NFL. And he's also a really good, smooth runner who has picked up chunk gains pretty much his entire career when he's gotten an opportunity. I think he would be an awesome backup running back uh, and 1B to, to Henry's 1A if we do resign Henry. But that's just too much capital invested in the running back position, especially given the current climate of the NFL.
2: Yeah. To me, there's I I mean, there's one guy that is never going to get connected to us and we probably won't talk about much outside of this episode. But it's uh Byron Jones if he isn't franchise tagged because we've talked about the need at corner. We've talked about how we talked about this last week about how they've got five corners who are set to hit free agency. If they don't, you know, resign any, or if they don't, uh, keep, uh, Ty Smith, who's an RFA, but you need a corner. If you're going to add a player, to, if you're going to add a player who demands a big contract, it needs to be a player at an elite position that will save you a first round draft pick down the road. So, why not get a young, talented, uber-athletic corner who you can kind of use in different ways? I don't think he'll follow guys to the slot necessarily, and that that does kind of hurt him. But if you give him a big deal, you can make a decision, and you can make that work for 2020. And then in 2021, you can decide whether you want Malcolm Butler or Dory Jackson long-term, and you can save yourself – essentially $10 million or $13 million, whatever it is, if you cut Butler after that. And if you don't re-sign to Dory Jackson, then you're basically saving yourself a $13 to $15 million contract there. So a big big purchase at that position now will pay off in the long term, and it fills a need immediately. So that's the one, if we're not talking about Jadavian Clowney, that's probably the way I would lean.
1: I think he could uh follow guys to the slot i he did a little bit earlier early in his career because he was kind of like the safety cornerback hybrid so he, he's done it before and i'm pretty sure he did it in college um but yeah I, i'm sure Adore would probably move to the slot if we were to 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 sign byron jones
2: yeah and he, i mean he is a, a freak athlete like it's if insane you wanna, if, yeah, but, if you but, want a guy who <laughs> should Teach Amani, you know, if we're—I know—we don't like to talk about it, but if Amani Hooker was drafted to play high safety and come down some in the slot or play in the box and all that, he's a really good guy to learn from because he has played like all over. I mean, but it
0: just—it's not a fit. I mean, it's like—it's just this whole best player available nonsense from the draft turning that into free agency when you already are hurting in terms of cap space.
2: Yeah, I mean this is this is it's like these teams during
0: the draft who they're on the clock and it's like, Well, we like this player, we don't have a need for him, so we're gonna get him and jam him into some position. Like that that's not how this is supposed to work.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's true, but if you're asking, you know, what player I think could help this team most that's in free agency that'll get a big contract, it's Byron Jones. Do I think it's a one on one like you know, it's not a, it's not Chris Harris where I'm like, that guy is a stud slot corner, you know, if he was five years younger. It's like, we're going to plug him in and we'll pay him whatever, and he's a perfect fit immediately. But a perfect fit last year was Justin Houston. You know, a perfect fit last year was Montez Sweat, not Jeffrey Simmons. So sometimes this roster has been built through finding the best available player first and then going after need at different points. And I don't necessarily agree with that strategy. And I think, again, that's more of an exception than the rule. But if we're talking about, is there anybody in free agency that's worth a big contract, you know, with a, basically a need in the draft and in free agency at corner, I would almost rather pay a really good corner, a big contract than pay a mediocre to bad corner. Like, million a year to come in and take snaps and not be good at his job and then draft a guy in the second round, let's say, and then him only be okay. Like, if I can get a blue chip talent at a key position, I would like to do that. But is that a move I would, you know, make right now? No, probably not.
0: You know, and I'll say this I would probably, if we didn't expect the Jaguars to franchise him, I would probably be sitting here saying they should look long and hard at Yannick Ngakwe because he's someone that I really like. He is a, unlike Clowney, he is a pass rusher. But this team is losing 18 players to free agency and they only have six draft picks. And you can't trade a draft pick at this point because you're not going to have enough bodies to make what might become a 58-man roster if this collective bargaining agreement goes through.
1: Yeah, it, it just doesn't seem like like a free agency class where the Titans are going to be very active, honestly. And, and if they are, it'll be just to pick up role players and depth pieces for, for really cheap contracts.
0: Like last week, we mentioned Lamar Miller as a potential option. I think that is the kind of free agent the Titans need to be looking at. Not yeah, that, giant, yeah. big kahuna free agents. Right, and I think
1: John Robinson's probably going to approach it that way, especially um, given all the big pieces that that we do have to resign and are, are going to have to resign over the next one to two
2: years. But if you, you know, if we've allocated all this money to Tannehill and Henry and Conklin, like if if we imagine those contracts and what it would take to keep them, though they would have enough money, but those would be you know, massive contracts and shelves. So if we're assuming all the cuts they're going to make and all that, you get around $75 million. Like if one of those guys goes, like let's say Conklin goes, you know, if you've got $40 million to spend in free agency, you can get a big free agent and still be able to sign guys to, you know, decent two, three, $4 million a year deals Knowing that the cap is going to go up next year, if the CBA isn't agreed to, I believe they said that the cap is going to go up four million dollars this year. I don't know; if I, I may have that wrong. That may be if it's agreed to, it goes up four million dollars this year and then up forty next year. But either way, that they, they won't have to uh, fill out extra people on the roster without getting a bump in salary cap. So that that's that shouldn't be a concern. But you know i do it is an important point to realize you can't spend 99% of your cap and then just assume that whoever you get in the draft is going to be enough that that is true they've got to have money to put people in positions and we talked about that some last week but i think more than anything it's how can you restructure you know how can you use the undrafted free agents you've gotten in the past to kind of give yourself more cap room for bigger players but you know if it's all structured correctly theoretically you should be able to almost add a big name player every year and be fine with it. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's all a matter of structuring and it's all a matter of who they end up keeping because let's say the worst case scenario happens, you know, quote unquote worst case scenario, but you lose Derek Henry and Jack Conklin and you end up with Tom Brady or Tannehill. Now you've got, close to what like 60 million dollars like you've got a big chunk of money to spend then like all bets are off you've got to make sure you're a good team like even though you've lost two of those guys
1: yeah i'm just not expecting them to let them leave but i could be wrong
0: this is just not the year for them to spend a bunch of money i mean get, get creative find a couple pieces that you like and that fit but don't hamstring yourselves don't fall into that trap i I think john robinson is probably smart enough for that he's probably seeing now that he's in the situation he's in that even now it's very tough to do what they want to do with the cap but you you can't go over the top And, and i know right we we all know that when wednesday rolls around we're gonna see these tweets you must not care about ever making it past the AFC Championship if you if you don't go inside. Shut up! I'm going to tell you in advance. Shut up! It just doesn't yeah, make sense this nonsense. year.
1: <laughs> you clearly don't.
0: <laughs> I
1: agree. I, mean, I, I, I I don't like. I really like this free agency class. And I mean, you know, like
0: to that point, I feel like every year for a while, you know, the past four or five years, going into free agency, whether it's the Titans or anyone. I'll look at the list and be like, I really like this guy. I really like that guy. You know, one time it was Allen Robinson. Last year I liked Sappold, whether it was for the Titans or anyone else. I thought that was a, a quality free agent option. Um, yeah, I remember thinking that um, – yeah, I can't even remember at this point because it, it's been you know several years. But I don't have that this year. I'm not sitting here – I would have said it with Ngakwe, but he's off the yeah, board now. That, and that's the so, thing. And so now I'm sitting here like – It's almost like with Clowney, it's like convincing yourself that you want him, even though we have for years talked about how the three of us don't care for Clowney that much. Matthew Judon is another name I I keep seeing thrown out. And it's just like those are the players that go to bad teams and get overpaid to be average.
2: Yeah, they're Mar- they're the Marcus Goldens, like the yes. that kind of guy who's like maybe they're gonna be okay in a wasteland, like where the team's not good. But if the team is full of good players and they're supposed to elevate them beyond that, that that's just not who they are. Like you're right, Yannick Ngakwe is the guy. Like when you look up over the past four years, like since he's been in the league, who the most productive pass rushers have been. I mean, he's right up there with you know the Chandler Chandler Jones, uh, Vaughn Miller, like. Joey Bosa was right there with him. Like, all those guys are, you know, about 10 sacks a year, 12 to 13 or 14 for the really elite guys. But, I mean, very few people have as many forced fumbles as Ngakwe. Very few people have done it in their first four years like Ngakwe and Bosa have. Like, he's been an absolute menace as a pass rusher, and that's been while he's, you know— He's been on a good team, but at the same time, it I would almost rather have a guy who on a good team produces than a guy who's on a bad team and just looks good by comparison. So, you know, I would absolutely bang the table for Yannick Ngakwe. Like, he is one of the premier young talents in the league. I think you absolutely want to jump on him. And you should have reservations about Clowney because – he, they are not the same player. Like, Clowney is very much a, you know, run-stuffer, like, does all the stuff that's not sexy, but, like, he'll set you up for stunts, and he'll set you up for, you know, all he'll do the dirty work inside that Vrabel loves, and Vrabel's had experience with him, which is why it makes sense that they would be a good fit together. But he probably is not going to be a 10-sack guy ever in his career, I think his peak was 9.5, and I think that was a completely healthy season, which is kind of an aberration for him. So, I mean, if you're giving him $20 million, you need to know that you're giving him $20 million to play probably 14 or 13 games for you, and he's going to get you nine sacks. So, I mean, you're right. If if that's what you're expecting out of a guy, then you're wrong to pay him. If you can figure out a way to where you can make that beneficial to you, then great.
0: Okay, I don't even— do we have anything else to say about free agency? I think we really got it all out. Yeah, I think we're kind of good. I think so. Yeah. Let's do stop the nonsense. Our weekly segment where we dive into the biggest nonsense of the week in the sports world. If you have a suggestion for us, send it to us on Twitter at no nonsense pod or Facebook at no nonsense pod. Use the hashtag. Stop the nonsense. I went first last time. Who's going first this time?
2: Uh, I'll go first. Uh, so um, this is uh, more about. Th- there was a tweet yesterday that said that 47% of the NFL's fan base was women, which is great. Like my and I and I replied to there. I retweeted this and said, you know, my sister-in-law knows more about sports than 90% of the people I talk to, guy or girl. And not not to me, but the comments on the original post are. I mean, I I guess some of them are trying to be funny, but, like, you can never tell on Twitter because you can't really tell context, but, uh, like, some of y'all have to adjust the way y'all think because if you're in 2020 and you don't don't know a girl who, you know, or a woman or uh, however you would like for me to say that, uh, if you don't know a female who is intelligent about sports, it's not because they're not out there. It's just because they don't want to hang out with you. Like... That, that's what I did like I mean they are I mean I, I'm not I, I keep wanting to say her name I'm not gonna put her name out on the podcast but my sister-in-law is absolutely smarter about sports than I was at her age so you know if that's you you've got to fix yourself if that's not you this doesn't pertain to you but that that's my stop the nonsense
1: okay I'll uh, I'll go next uh, I've got a doozy here. From Texans Wire, Uh, the headline, this article, says, Did the Texans already win the Titus Howard versus Andre Dillard debate? Let me read a couple
0: excerpts. Who are those people? (laughs) Oh,
1: oh
0: boy. Uh,
2: It's a bad offensive tackle versus a good offensive tackle.
0: (laughs) So
1: this guy says, flashback to the day after the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. The Houston Texans blew the draft by letting O.T. Andre Dillard go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Though they addressed offensive tackle with Alabama State's Titus Howard in the first round, he was their worst pick of the draft. So essentially, he's just like mocking people, mocking the Texans for letting the Eagles drop so in front is of for Andre Dillard.
0: Or like an attempt at it anyway?
1: No, just that. Just that part. And then he links to an article from the Philadelphia Inquirer saying that the Eagles are considering bringing back Jason Peter so that Andre Dillard could learn a little bit more before they, they fling him into the fire. And he's essentially saying that, oh, wait, sorry, it, it continues. Meanwhile, Howard, who only played in eight games his rookie season and started in seven of them at right tackle, made the Pro Football Writers of America's all-rookie team not bad for the worst pick of the Texans draft class. Oh my gosh. He, he was terrible. He was terrible last year. He was yeah, really bad. Like- uh, by any any metric you you go by, PFF PFF had him at fifty nine point four. PFF usually does okay offensive line grades. Every time the Texans played, he looked overmatched. So, yeah, no, uh, the Eagles definitely won the Andre Dillard debate.
2: This is just so weird. Well, it's Texans' wire. They have to you know. <laughs> be wrong. <laughs> Oh,
0: man. So mine, mine is two-sided. First of all, um, this is something I've been meaning to say for a while, and now that we're in contract time of year, I'm going to say it. When you tweet or message or whatever about contracts and you say, I want X team to re-sign X player, please, I am begging you, use a hyphen. Because when you don't use the hyphen, you're saying, I want the Titans to resign Ryan Tannehill. It's resign, not resign. No one's quitting or leaving. So that's just thing number one. Keep that with you. <laughs> and number two, for the second week in a row, I'm talking about the Jimmy Garoppolo Patriots thing. Because I thought it was crazy enough last week, and it turns out right after we recorded last week's episode, Colin Cowherd, who... Look, I used to like Colin Kelhert a lot, but we've got to the point where now I'm bringing him up on this segment. Uh, I'll just read the tweet. I wish we had had Joey Molinaro on the show to read this tweet. (laughs) These Brady Garoppolo trade rumors, now being called legit by credible sources, qualify as the strangest potential deal ever. Belichick would spend the rest of March cackling like the devil. Get a younger QB with Super Bowl experience, hitting his prime that knows the New England system? Lord. How are people convincing themselves, okay, sure, that would make plenty of sense for the Patriots. I think they'd be all over that if they could get Garoppolo back, like sign them up yesterday. It's not happening. Do you know how little sense that would make for the 49ers? Like, it's not happening... Stop trying to convince yourself that it makes sense just so that you can get this storybook thing of Brady ending his career with the team he always wanted to go to in the first place. It's not happening. Like, gosh.
2: Stop the nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I, I, I'm i not going to go against uh, Coward again on this show, but I think we all know my opinion.
0: <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week. When we come back, all of these decisions that we've talked about well, for the most part, have been done. And so we'll get to recap if they bring anybody in, if they don't bring anybody in, who they re-sign, who they don't, who goes elsewhere. We're going to have a lot to talk about next time. We, we could be, theoretically, and this is realistic, we could, in the next episode, be talking about a Tom Brady-led you know, Titans offense and Ryan Tannehill as an Indianapolis Colt
1: gross please stop come
0: on i i knew that that <laughs> i knew that that would uh, that would especially hit will right right in the soul
2: <laughs> make me so mad <laughs> hey uh, but we've lost the colts before it'll be it won't be anything new
0: <laughs> um until then for matisse and will i am luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense